This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen will win as faith. Now, faith is always now. Faith is always in the present tense. If it is not now, then it's not faith. Shout hallelujah, and you can have your seat. We're continuing a lesson that we began a couple of months ago, and we're coming to the conclusion we only have one more point after this one to close out this series. The sermon series title is The Journey of Faith. The journey of faith. My emphasis for tonight, my discussion for tonight is faith to forgive, part two. Faith to forgive, part two. If you missed part one, I want to encourage you to go back to the podcast or go back to one of our Facebook lives and make sure that you get all of the goodie out of that lesson along with the goodie on this lesson and we'll culminate it on Sunday. According to Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 and 7 in the Passion Translation, it reads, in the same way you receive Jesus our Lord and Messiah by faith, continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life as you are continually infused with strength and encouraged in every way. For you are established in the faith you have absorbed, and you are enriched, enriched by your devotion to him. The journey of faith. According to Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, the B portion says, The just shall live by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 says, We walk by faith and not by faith sight. Tonight we're discussing, we're continuing the discussion pertaining to faith to forgive. We've been laying down the building blocks of faith, the fundamentals of faith. It's not like we've never heard it before, but sometimes we need a refresher. We need a reminder so that we can build on a solid foundation of faith. Ask Believe, confess, demonstrate, expect, forgive, and give. Forgive means to acquit, to give amnesty to, to clear, to exonerate, to purge, to release, to bear no malice, and to let it go. I want to begin a reading tonight from the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew chapter 18, and I'll begin reading at verse 21. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, it starts this way. It says, then Peter came to him and said, and we, we know Peter was that, that hard-nosed, hard-nosed Peter, thug life Peter. Peter was tough. He was one of the tough ones. Remember when, when um, the men came to get Jesus, he went for to try to chop the man's head off and got his ear. Peter didn't play no games. Are you listening to me? So let's see what no-nonsense Peter has to say. So Peter, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often?
often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? How many times I got to do this? I understand I I can forgive him once or twice, but how many times if he keeps on acting up, he keeps cutting up, how many times am I supposed to do this? I'm trying to be saved. I'm going to stay saved. He's working on himself. He said, how often do I have to do this? Up to seven times? And Jesus said unto him, I do not say unto you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. 70 times seven. What is that, 144, something like that? Come on, mathematicians, is that right? 490? 490. 490 times. But it wasn't really a mathematical equation. He wasn't giving him a formula saying, okay, at 489 times, that the next time you ain't got to forgive him. It wasn't a mathematical equation, but it refers more so to just limitless forgiveness. You say seven times, well, how about 70 times seven? Not really 490, but keep on forgiving. We'll go back to some of the principle that we laid down on Sunday, but keep on showing up with your forgiveness. Therefore, verse 23, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with the servant. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, 10,000 talents. In today's economy, that would be several millions of dollars, possibly even a billion dollars. In other words, a very, very, very large sum of money. But he was not able to pay. His master, but, at, but he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children, and all that he had be sold as well, that it may make a payment toward what he owed. The the servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion. you got to understand, you see a grown man getting down on his hands and knees, begging for his wife, begging for his children, begging for his property, begging for his own life. That's something to behold. And the Bible says that the master of that servant was moved with compassion. I just could imagine as the man was crying, Maybe the, the master started crying too because he, he felt, he felt what he was going through. So then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. 28. But the servant went out and found his fellow servants who owed him hundred a hundred denarii. That same guy that was down on the ground groveling and begging for mercy went straightway, left that spot and went straight to the person that owed him a hundred denarii. Denarii possibly mean like one day's worth of wage. One denarii is said to be equal to $20. 
So 100 denarii would be like $2,000. So we know apples to apples, oranges to oranges, buck for buck, it was a very insignificant amount of money in comparison to what he was forgiven. He was forgiven like a billion dollars. And now he found somebody that owes him like $2,000. Apples to apples, oranges to oranges, comparison is, it doesn't even relate. It's insignificant when you compare it. But the Bible says he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. Took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Verse 30 says, and he would not. It didn't say he could not. It didn't say he should not. But he would not, which means he made a choice. Remember, life is choice-driven. We get to choose. We get to choose whether we're going to trust God. We get to choose whether we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. But also we get to choose whether or not we forgive. He made the decision. He chose not to. The same person that was forgiven of two, a, a billion dollars worth of debt wouldn't even forgive $2,000 of what was owed to him. The Bible says in verse 6, he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he ha what had been done, they were very grieved. That bothered them. And they came and they told their master all that had been done. Then his master after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant. We know this word wicked comes from the same word that we get wicker, like wicker furniture. Wicked means that you twist and you bend. So wicker and wicked have reference to you twisted. That's twisted. You begging for forgiveness for yourself, but when it came time to forgive, you wouldn't even forgive? That's twisted. That's wicked. He said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry. One translation said he was enraged. He was enraged and he delivered him to the torturers or the jailers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespass. Whew. That's a lot to chew on, isn't it? That's a lot to think about. I saw a quote from Lewis Smeeds that says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that prisoner was you. When you don't forgive, you, you think you're locking somebody else up. You think you're binding, binding someone else. You're binding up your own self. 
It's like you're putting yourself in a prison. Forgiveness is a gift you give to yourself. That's a quote from Suzanne Summers. Forgiveness is a gift you give to yourself. Oftentimes, we feel like people don't deserve to be forgiven. You have no idea what they did to me, and we start holding on to a grudge. But remember I told you, when you hold on to a grudge, the grudge tightly holds on to you. So you think you're holding or hurting someone else by not forgiving, but you're really hurting yourself. Come on, it's like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. We have to forgive. Well, how often do you forgive? Remember, it's not a mathematical formula. You forgive limitless times. And let me say it this way so you might understand it. Sometimes you have to forgive every day. So when you get up in the morning, I choose to forgive, I choose to forgive, because you haven't forgotten, and maybe the sting of it still hurts. So when you wake up in that morning, I choose to forgive. Because my life is choice-driven. I'm the strongest I will ever be when I can forgive. Listen, especially when I can forgive somebody that didn't even apologize. Oftentimes, before we forgive, we want to see people grovel. We want to see them grovel. We want to see them suffer. Till we think that they've suffered long enough, then I might forgive you. Even after they've apologized. Often we want them to keep coming. How many times I got to say I'm sorry? How many times do I keep coming back? Because the reality of it is, listen right here. My forgiveness is not really contingent on your apology. So I don't even have to have an apology to forgive you. Because when I forgive, it's to set the prisoner free. And the news flashes, I'm the prisoner. Because I was held hostage by the pain, and I allowed what someone else did to me to hold me hostage. I wasn't even the one that did it. They did it to me. I should be the one free. Why are they at home eating Lay's potato chips and drinking Fago soda? Because we think our unforgiveness holds them, and it doesn't. It really holds us. Here's an anonymous quote that I really like. It says, you'll never know how strong your heart is until you learn to forgive who broke it. Woo! Can I read that one again? You'll never know how strong your heart is until you learn to forgive who broke it. They might not ever come back and apologize. They may never acknowledge their wrong. But beforehand... I can give, I can donate forgiveness. Because guess what? Forgiveness really is not for them. Forgiveness is for me. Come on. When you forgive someone, I'll say it this way. Forgiveness is free, but trust is earned. Forgiveness is free. But trust is earned. So just because I forgave you, I ain't got to trust you. Just because I forgave you, I ain't got to kiss you on the mouth. I don't have to walk through the mall, hand in hand, singing lullabies. 
I can forgive you and redefine my relationship with you. When I turn the other cheek, I'm not saying keep slapping me in the face. I'm saying, okay, you got me that time. Now let me get my focus back, and I need to redefine this relationship. Come on, have you ever had, have you ever given somebody some money and they never paid you back and every time you see them they're wearing new Jordans and everything else and be like, well, hold up, you owe me some money. And have you ever just made up your mind, I ain't going to even worry about it, I forgive him. I forgive him, I'm going to even worry about it no more. That, that little $50 ain't going to make or break me. God bless you going on, I just chalk it up to a seed. Then with a straight face, they come back asking for some more money. Okay, hold up, I forgave you, but I just don't trust you. I can't trust you in that area any longer. Now you have to earn my trust back. Just because I forgave you doesn't mean I have to trust you. Y'all better come up in here with me. We understand that sin is man's nature. We're all, everybody's going to do something wrong. Everybody's going to hurt somebody at some point in time, whether it's on purpose or whether it's not on purpose. If I took a show of hands, I asked how many of y'all mamas ever hurt you? I'm not talking about your mama. I see how many times have your mom hurt you. All of us could raise her. Yeah, my mom hurt my feelings before. Because it's not that she's just a low-down person. It's our nature. Our nature is to do to miss the mark, and that's what sin is. Sin is essentially missing the mark. Sin is like shooting for the target and missing the whole board altogether. It's missing the mark. Sin is not doing what's right, but not only doing uh, things that God forbids, but further, not doing what God requires. So the Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. A lot of religious people say, y'all have sinned and short. No, all have sinned. And come short. First John chapter 5, verse 17 says, All unrighteousness is sin. How much of it? All of it. Isaiah 53 and 6 says, We, like sheep, have all gone astray. Each of us has turned his own way. We've all went our own way. We knew better. We had an unction better than doing what we did. We just did what we wanted to do because we wanted to do it. And then with a straight face, we want to ask God to forgive us and then make people pay for 27 years. For what they've done to us. I'm so glad that God is not like us. I'm so glad that we serve a forgiving God. It's his nature. It's his nature to forgive. It's our nature to sin. But when we're born again, now we're supposed to take on the nature of God. Transgression, on the other hand, is rebelling against God. Just being rebellious against the things of God. Oh, I'm out of time. It refers to um, presumptuous sin. It means to intentionally, blatantly, pompously, arrogantly disobey God. Whereas trespassing is overstepping the limits or the boundaries, overstepping the lines of demarcation. It's crossing the line by means of um, commission, omission, by means of thought, word, deed, actions, attitude. Listen to me. A trespass is knowingly, deliberately, not by an accident, but purposely crossing the line. In other words, you knew it was wrong, and you did it anyway. And iniquity, iniquity is premeditated, deliberate by choice to continue to do what you're doing 
without repenting. That's where the devil wants you. He wants you to sit down nice and deep in it, and you be done forgot to repent. The first couple of times you messed up, you were quick to repent, then he wants you to sit down nice and deep in it so that you forget to repent or check this out. It gets so good to you, you choose not to stop. You know it's wrong. Iniquity is that repetitive, continuous thing that you do. You know it's wrong. You know it's not pleasing to God, but you yet do it. Psalm number 32, stanza 5 says, I acknowledge my sin. This is David talking. I acknowledge my sin unto thee. And my iniquity, see, it's talking about some different things. Sin is missing the mark. I acknowledge that. And my iniquity, no, I premeditated that. I set it up. I paid the money. I set the scenario. I put my clothes on. I took my shower, and with a straight face, I went to do it. Not just once, but I set it up on, on repeat so I could keep doing it. He says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I will confess my transgressions, transgressions, when I blatantly disobey God. And you hear people say, I know it was wrong, but the Lord just going to have to forget. What? How? Where is that at in the Bible? I know it's wrong, but God just got to forgive me, and you don't even have a repent of heart towards it. And he says, thou forgaveth the iniquity of my sin. We saw this, this, this unforgiving servant. The Bible says he would not forgive. Didn't say he could not forgive. He would not forgive. As much as he had been forgiven, he chose not to forgive. And what the man owed him wasn't even that deep. It was like a day's wage, if that. Whereas he owed a billion dollars. How many of us, as many things as people have done to hurt us, have you ever stopped to think that you've done things to hurt others? You're not perfect. You've done things wrong. We all have needed forgiveness. We've all been in that spot where we require it. And the, the beautiful thing is when you get forgiven, you be like, ooh, thank you, Lord. Then with a straight face, you try to make somebody else pay for 27 years, you're not making them pay nothing. You're putting your own self in a prison. You're making your own blood pressure go up. You're giving your own self uh, migraine headaches and um, what they call them things in your ulcers and all kinds of stuff. Why? We are designed to forgive as I close, as I close. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Luke 17, chapter 3 says, Take heed to yourself. If your brother trespass against you, cross the line, overstep boundaries, deliberately do something to violate you, rebuke him. That word rebuke has reference to confront him. You hurt me. Did you know you hurt me? Confront him. Don't talk about what you always do, but tell him how I felt. I felt a certain way when you did this. It says rebuke him or confront him, and if he repents, forgive him. Forgive him. 
Here's the key to this whole verse. Take heed to yourself. The part really wasn't if he repent. It was really take heed to yourself. Grab hold of yourself. Pay close attention to yourself. Instead of shining the light on him, shine the light on yourself. Receive your forgiveness from God, but then be generous to forgive others as well. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.